You're listening to Beyond the Jargon, a jargon-free look at graduate students and their research here at the University of Victoria. I'm Colleen, and I'll be your host today. All right, I'm so excited today because I am outside here with uh, my guest today, Tasha Lobsinger, who is a master's student at UVic. She's actually really at the tail end of her master's program. So welcome, Tasha. Thank you, Colleen. I thought I'd tell our listeners kind of the funny way that I ended up meeting you. I happened to be downtown in Victoria at an art fair, and I came across this photographer's booth. The photos really got my attention, and it turned out it was Tasha. And we started gabbing, and I don't know, one thing led to another, and somehow I told her I was a student at UVic, grad student, and then she said she was a grad student, and I said, you know, I happen to be the director of communications at the Grad Student Society, and we just closed our contest for our upcoming handbook cover photo contest I would have loved to seen your stuff and she's like oh well I'm on the cover from last year's I had no (laughs) idea so I went in there totally blind and here I am talking to the gal that's the the handbook that I use every day 50 times a day she's already the cover artist I love that I thought that that was kind of fun anyway so now if you could just give us the official title of your program and then we'll go from there So I'm doing my master's, master's of science, in the faculty of exercise science, physical and health education. Ah, okay. Um, The stream that I'm doing is health promotion. So um, I guess I've always kind of had an artsy side to me, and I never really let it thrive uh, during my undergraduate years. I kind of felt guilty, like if I wasn't doing my schoolwork, if I wasn't going to the gym, or if I wasn't eating. I felt like I I needed to be doing my readings or I needed to be doing my homework. Right. Um, So I kind of pushed that artsy side of me aside and neglected it a bit in undergrad. And through my grad school experience, I've had tons of tons of support. I've been TAing a, a wonderful course, EPHE 142. And what is TAing? Right. Sorry, it's um, a no, teaching okay. assistant. I basically am hired on. Um, there's a main professor who will teach the course, and I'm hired on as a graduate student teaching assistant to help the professor. So I've had opportunities teaching di- different lectures dealing with students, so one-on-one meetings, holding exam reviews, midterm reviews, marking, and Ah, just kind of really being the assistant to the teacher. So you're a TA, a teaching assistant. Very busy, but getting a good experience at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And so what is the course again? Now it has, you know, going with the theme of beyond the jargon, because it's so easy for all of us. I realize I start speaking in lingo all the time, and I'm like, wait a minute, I need to back up and make sure, you know. So it's a human health, wellness, and potential course. So it's um, within the exercise science faculty, but it's a really popular course across campus, across different faculties. I'm really intrigued by the title of that, the fact that the word potential is in a course title. Yeah, so it's really interesting. I learned a lot while I was TAing, a teaching assistant, in this course because I kind of came into grad school with the idea that health meant you're physically active and you're eating well. Yeah. So physical activity and nutrition. I think most of us kind of think of that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a norm, a normal way of thinking. And so what I discovered in this class talking about different wellness issues, spirituality, occupational wellness, um, social wellness, Ah. is that I need to allow myself to go socialize with my friends, to do some of these artsy things that I enjoy doing if I want to be well overall. 
And yeah, so I kind of started learning that and I started really going for hikes and not thinking the whole time, oh man, I should be doing my readings. Oh, I I'm got a bad better, student. Yeah, I should be. Yes. I better get back to my work. I better. Um, so the guilt was gone. The guilt, I, I started letting that go because I was starting to learn that my hikes and enjoying my hikes and making a birthday card for a friend, it's all important to my wellness. Whereas nice. I was kind of focused on just the health physical health aspect for I think that's a really great thing I can imagine people out there listening to this thinking how often they delay what somebody might call the pleasurable thing because I'm supposed to work I'm supposed to be studying I'm supposed yeah. to be doing this but to hear that that's actually not just some arbitrary piece of pleasure it's actually critical yeah. to your health yeah and to being well-rounded overall well-being mentally physically socially nice. yeah once I started allowing myself to be creative um, without the guilt of missing three hours of homework or right. missing three hours of readings um, it actually allowed me to be more efficient so I would come to oh, campus during the day I would I would want to do my readings um, maybe a chapter that I, I could casually do at home and spread it out over three hours but I feel good because I'm spending three hours doing schoolwork I could condense that, be super efficient, and get it done in an hour between my breaks. And then when I go home for the evening, I can go for a nice long run along Dallas Road. I can watch awesome. the sunset. I can take pictures of the sunset. I can go home and edit a few photos and put them on my website. And then the next day, I feel great. Yes. I feel satisfied. I feel like I've achieved things. I feel good at something. And then I'm more well to get back into the schoolwork the next day. And your schoolwork is, you're actually more productive. Yeah, exactly. That's actually really good to hear because I've found myself in this um, little phase as I'm, I'm doing a PhD here and it can be rather confusing. PhDs can be, well, any studies can be really going off into the unknown and you're in uncertain territory and you do feel like I'm supposed to be in the library all the time and there's so much to know and and with this gorgeous weather we have been having in Victoria lately, I have just felt this need to just go outside. And I'm, I've been kind of beating myself up because yeah. you should be in the library. But I'm already feeling a little bit relieved of, yeah, it does me no good to sit there stressed out, wishing I was somewhere else for eight hours. How much work am I really accomplishing? Exactly, yeah. Oh, that's so I can remember just spending so many nights... I would maybe read a page, check my email, yeah. read a page, check my Facebook. <laughs> yes. If I'm giving myself one hour to get this done so I can enjoy the night, I'm not taking email and Facebook breaks in between pages. I'm reading the full chapter and then I'm getting out of there to enjoy my night. Yes, uh, that's a, a really balanced approach to how to do your work and play. Yeah. It's not unbalanced or unstable at all. It's it's not irresponsible to go off and yeah. do what you enjoy. It's actually utterly responsible yeah. <laughs> is what it sounds like. Yeah, I've had a lot of um, undergrad undergraduate students in the course that I've been TAing. I've TAed it five times now, five different semesters. Yes. The professor's been great, actually, to kind of encourage me to go focus more time on photography. She's actually invited me three semesters ago. I started doing a photography and wellness presentation to the students in the course. So I did that. I've done that for three semesters now. And clearly um, it's successful because they want you 
back they keep hiring you back to do this I guess so yeah that's wonderful yeah um and the teacher started adding in a feedback feedback aspect of it what she does sometimes when there's guest speakers or a significant movie that we've watched she has the class do a one minute paper after so they do a quick reflection write it down and it was just crazy to hear how much they could relate to some of the stuff I was saying and how much I had impacted them um and then yeah so some of the comments were along the lines of I could totally relate to you when you said that um, health was just the physical dimension eating well and um, getting some exercise and I totally feel guilty if I'm doing anything but schoolwork Mm. and I'm so happy that you've been able to talk about photography and wellness and how you take the time to do photography to become more well and you incorporate photography into your wellness activities And that enhances your photography skills. So it's kind of like a loop. Now, okay, just to back up a bit, how did you get to grad school? Where did that come from? You, if you're doing a master's, you obviously had a bachelor's somewhere, and along. Did you go directly into it from your bachelor's? Yeah. So I guess um, just growing up, I was on a lot of community sport teams, travel hockey, um, high school basketball I did swimming and I played tennis and I was involved in all these sport activities and then academically I was excelling in maths and sciences and so I had a bit of pressure I guess from family or just expectations that I would maybe go on to be a doctor or something like that. Yes, that would, and yes. so yeah, many so, people get that. Yeah, yes. so for a long time, um, I really thought that I was going through um, to dental school. But I heard of this program at Queen's University where you could do a double degree. So um, the one was life sciences and the other was physical and health education. And so I did those two degrees at the same time. It's a bit more than a double major because you actually come out with both degrees. So you were, what, studying 24 hours a day? <laughs> I, mean, I was, a, yes, because yeah, I hadn't a, learned this wellness thing yet. I was going to say, because that's, yeah. a, that's a tough thing to do. But yeah. So now you've, you're getting two degrees that kind of are in the two parts of your growing up. You were yeah. good in the math and sciences, but you also have the love for the physical activity. Yeah. yeah I love that too. And yeah. so I would say just as the courses went on throughout my undergrad, maybe first year I had more science courses second year a little bit less and a little bit more of the physical and health education Mm. by the end I I really realized like I'm not really sure about this dentist thing I wrote the DATS um, which is the dental aptitude test okay Um, I studied for that I was I applied to some dental schools um, in my last year at Queens and I just wasn't excited about it and passion wasn't there yeah and so I wasn't really sure though what else I was gonna do one of the teachers that I had at Queens in my undergrad, one of my physical and health education teachers approached me um, about potentially doing a master's with her when I finished. And I had never really, I mean, even at a university institution, I never really, I mean, I knew people were out there doing their master's, but I didn't quite know what it was all about. I didn't really think that I wanted to do it. Yeah, it just sounded like a whole bunch more school <laughs> yes, to me right. at the time. <laughs> but yeah, I considered the uh, offer with her. I talked more to her about what it would involve. And she ended up kind of, without her knowing, allowing me to think of maybe pursuing master's programs elsewhere. 
So I ended up applying out here just because of the uh, environment. Isn't it interesting that the importance of just one trusted opinion yeah. can really just... Totally. It's not like she forced you, but she just yeah. shed a light on something that... Because yeah. I've had that happen. That's, I, I got here on the West Coast in, in, in a different country than where I'm from yeah. because it was one person, one person said, hey, have you ever considered a PhD? And it just had never even entered my mind. It yeah. was not a plan. No. I mean, some people have it really planned. Yeah. And I just went, ah, oh, well. And it, it went from that, uh, well, I don't know kind of answer to... And then all of a sudden you're interested. And they, get, and they point me to one person that really responded a lot from, and it was from the University of Victoria. Yeah. And the next thing you know, I'm flying out here, sight unseen, yeah. going to grad school again. Yeah. And I'm like, just when you needed it, somebody was there. Yeah, it's funny you say that because that's exactly how I feel like I came into this photography thing as well. Like, it's how I got into grad school, the one person sparking my interest in it. And then uh, similarly with the photography thing, I'd say Lara Lazan, the, the professor for the course I was teaching. Yes. Her enthusiasm and encouragement in combination with everything I was learning in that course. Yes. And bam, like... There it was. <laughs> a year later, actually... Yeah, tomorrow will be my one-year anniversary for my website. So it's nice. like pretty much a year ago I actually started putting all this stuff together. Yeah. And yeah. what's your website, by the way, now that you bring it up? What's your um, website? It's zenfolio.com. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. All right, so now you're, you said you've completed all your, all your coursework, right? You're done with yep. your major coursework, yep. so you're on the part that this is the part where it's harder to understand even if you're in grad school yeah. at the time it's this nebulous doing thesis paper or yeah. thesis project a combo i'm still doing uh, my thesis paper okay so I'm a paper. Still, okay. yeah i'm still going to be writing it all up defending it um i haven't switched to project it has been a bit tough having two major things to focus on but yes. yeah i think that just being happy is getting me through it and it's that in and of itself is part of what your research is about right yeah yeah totally so what do you need to do at this point where does one uh, when somebody's out there listening and saying okay I, this is like rather really inspiring I I've had these kind of ideas and I didn't have just one idea and and you kind of represent the person who combined different ideas. You've had double degrees, and now you're combining things that people didn't normally combine, and all of a yeah. sudden it's making sense, and to someone says, yes, that's a great research idea. Yeah. What do you do to, to research this kind of idea? You're looking up other people's ideas, and you're writing about them, or are you out there surveying people? That's what a lot of people think research is. I yeah. do a survey. Yeah. So how does that work with what you're doing? So how my project came about, there's many different ways it can happen, and there's no way of knowing before you get to grad school. Yes. You, it all comes to you within your first year. I remember being uh, starting my master's program, not knowing what the heck was going on, yes. and <laughs> how I'm going to decide what my thesis project's going to be. And all the second years, people who had already been through that first year just yes. kept telling me, just wait, just have, like <laughs> yes, it will come to you. Um, opportunities will come up, and I'm like, where are they? Like, <laughs> yes, what do I have to do? And they're like, just chill yes. out. I'm drifting in fog yeah. here. Somebody clear something. Yes. Yeah, and it's funny now I say that to first year students, 
because uh, the professors are great. They know what you're interested in. You'll come into your master's and tell them the areas you're interested in, different things that you might consider looking at, and you might not know, and you might, throughout your courses, you'll learn what kind of studies other people are doing, and you'll eventually start going in a direction towards the ones that interest you. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I guess how I came about it was articles or topics would come up in classes that seemed interesting. Okay. I would approach my supervisor and say, should I do this study? Yes. <laughs> and she would say, she would talk to me about the logistics, about if I'm on the right track to do that type of study, about if it's out of my scope or within my scope for a master's project. Okay. And yeah, having a supervisor is great. There's someone who's really there one-on-one -on -one to guide So you're not you just like hanging you. out on a limb all by yourself. No. that's what, you know, can be, that can prevent a lot of people from going to grad school because yeah. there is the real intimidating aspect of because you're dealing with so much unknown yeah but totally. you clearly have had some wonderful people to guide you yeah along the way yeah and the upper year um peers they're great like as soon as I got into second year all I wanted to do was share everything I learned with all the first years because I remember how scary it was and yes. how unknown it was so Everyone just kind of becomes a little community. And what I love about grad school is the professors, they're more, you're more mature and you're more yeah. grown up that they, they talk to you on their level. Nice. Whereas I think a lot of people in undergrad kind of put their teachers up on a pedestal and you yes. know, don't, you're one of a thousand and you might not even get a chance to talk to them. And, right. And then if you talk to them and then you, you pass by them later in the day, they don't even recognize you. And, right, because they and, can't. Yeah. It isn't personal, but there's just... Yeah. Yeah, there's and no so way. And so that's kind of... It can get discouraging, yes. I, I think. Okay, so now you pick a, a topic and you're going to research it. I'm looking at the health environment in after-school care programs. Okay. So I'm looking at how well these programs support... Um, physical activity and healthy eating, which is kind of funny going back to that physical dimension yes. that I'm assessing. <laughs> um, but the project was already started before all, all the wellness kind of ideas started right. coming to me. So yeah, it's funny that I'm going back to that idea of healthy eating and physical activity. But I think that it's been great to learn that if I were to go on to do a PhD or future studies, I would definitely be doing more of a broader a broader type of assessment and looking at all the dimensions of wellness. Yeah, that's great though. Oh, so at this point, in some of the programs, in some of the science programs, you are on a team of researchers. Where in the program that I'm in, you're not on. You're not on a team. You're everybody has their own individual idea. How does well, that there's work? different options within our faculty. Um, some students have kind of hopped on to a, a larger research study that's already happening, and they're tackling a certain uh, aspect of it. So they're using. Um, it's almost. It's a bit simpler in terms of recruitment and organization in okay. a way, uh, because that's already kind of there for you. Um, what I'm doing is my own study, so it's on my own. Um, I had an assistant come with me to each facility just because there were two different observation tools that we needed to use. Yes. Um, but that was um, organized by me. And okay. So you have, you have so much um, option and choice. I know, I think with, it's fascinating. With how you can do it, and everyone in my program has done it a different way. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. So you can express your individuality in, in many ways. It's not like you just come in and there's you do it just exactly the way everybody else has done it yeah. before. It's not that Not at of... all. It's your study and and you get to choose like I had so many different options provided to me and you just say yes or no or maybe and you let that guide you to your project. That's great. Now I'm curious, I have a lot of friends and colleagues that do art based research or they incorporate the arts somewhere that's performing arts, visual arts, somewhere in even the dissemination of their information. Yeah. Have you thought of how perhaps something like photography can actually be used in how you get your research findings out there? It's like, yeah. has that come up? Yeah, totally. I mean, um, well, first of all, just for my thesis defense, I'll obviously be using visuals that kind of support my slides um, yes. in my presentation. I also think uh, it would be a great way to kind of use my skills and my findings for more of a, a community-based um, dissemination of results. So sharing what I've learned with the community, I think that a lot more people can relate to maybe like a visual type poster. Than, I know I could. Yeah. I do. I really. Then like a hundred page long thesis. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting. You happen to mention thesis defense. Yeah. What does, what is that? What are you defending? What yeah. does that mean? So, um, like I've talked about coming upon the project that you're going to do. Yes. And then you'll, um, you'll get some participants for your study and then you'll, administer your study, um, whatever the protocol may be. You'll collect your data, you'll enter it, you'll analyze it, yes. and then you'll defend it. So the defense is you're um, standing in front of your committee, okay. which involves your supervisor, someone else probably who's doing similar research within the faculty. Okay. So it's um, all faculty members? No. Okay. No, not necessarily. Um, well, I'm not sure if this is true for all faculties, but within our faculty for the defense, there's an external that comes in. So they have to be external. They have to be um, coming in. They haven't been part of the deciding process. But they are a professor at some They're a professor, someplace? yeah. Okay, so they're yeah. a professor. Yeah. All right. I guess they're kind of, they, they come in to make sure that everything... Everything went according to protocol. To help maybe remove be. bias from one particular, if yeah. everything was just in one university all the time. Yeah, okay. exactly. That makes sense. And it doesn't necessarily have to be external from a different university, maybe a different department. Okay. Um, just someone who hasn't been involved in deciding, okay, we're going to have this many participants, we're going to use this yes. measurement tool, and we're going to use these statistics to prove our results. Yeah. Um, just to kind of make sure that everything's legitimate yeah and yeah. so you're gonna you just you just talk in front of this group of people has a little scary factor to it yeah. but I take it you know we all know people that are, that have survived it right yeah and you're gonna be prepared for it and that's yeah. what your professors so by the you time with. you're at your defense you know your study well you've spent two years uh, find like doing all the little details for your study sometimes to the point where you know too much. Yes, exactly. <laughs> when you're working on one one project all the time, but then you become so proud of it because you've entered all these values, you've spent days entering it all, and um, when you come to the defense, you're talking about what you did. So 
you're presenting to them, how you recruited, what tools you used, how you measured, um, what results you found, and how does this apply um, within the community, or what are the what are the applications of these findings? And then they will ask you when you think defense, you think, oh my gosh, I'm being attacked. But it's like they're the committee, the group that's there to hear you will respond with yeah. questions. Yeah, so and it's there actually, to make sure that you covered your bases. Yeah, so, to speak. so you know, because you can pick and choose which parts of your study you're going to present to them. Okay. Right. Yeah. So it's kind of making sure that you know of similar studies that have been conducted at different universities around the world, yeah. um, significant ones that relate to your study or that influence your study. They just want to make sure that you've done done the research and yeah yeah that you've you've covered it all and so I, I actually it, just went and watched one yesterday it's kind of it's nice in a way they're almost um, just chatting with you about maybe some oh, changes great. that you might make before submitting it the final copy uh, some of the questions that come up are like why didn't you use this statistical analysis for this section of your results um, and then you would give an explanation. Um, Actually, this is really good to hear because it removes some of the scariness of it when you yeah. don't know and you just hear, I don't know what it's going to be like. And, yeah. And it sounds like it's way more doable yeah. than, I, you know, than, than you might think for, yeah. if you're from the outside. And if that's the reason you're considering not doing something, it sounds like that you can, this is very doable and people are there to help you. It's yeah. not there to stop your research. Yeah, no, not at all. It's basically, I mean, if you don't know your stuff at all, you might not, you might right. not. But the odds of you piece. getting to that point yeah. and not knowing anything would probably be really slim. Yeah, so. because your supervisors have been guiding you the whole time and yeah. making sure you know that stuff and preparing you. Um, the external is just in to point out okay, maybe we should include that statistical analysis. We've got the data. It would be silly to not include it. So then you spend a few weeks doing that and adding it and refining it um, so that your final copy is good to go, good. approved, yeah, and then approved. you get your degree. Yeah, exactly. Oh, see, that's awesome. That's really... I've done several interviews to date, and this is the first one where we've gotten more into the details of that final process which I feel is in a really intimidating yeah. uh, process when you're on the outside. Yeah. But to have hear you explain it and the fact that you're sitting here, I know the listeners can't see this, but you have this lovely smile on your mm -hmm. face and you're relaxed and, and you're right in the, in the just get right before you're going into this process, that that's yeah. a sign of, yes, you can, you can make it through this. Yeah. For anyone out there listening, I, I would don't say like, quit. Even in my data <laughs> collection phase, I was... Um, maybe nervous about the defense but now that I'm getting so close to it and I'm getting more prepared for it it's not as intimidating I think that's so, great yeah you will be prepared and I mean some students take a bit longer and it's not that they're slower it's that maybe there's the scope of their studies a bit larger they need more time to enter data because they've collected more data yes or they're doing yes. more statistical analyses so they spend a semester or two longer. So it's not like a, if you're not done in two years, it's a pass or fail. Yes. Like you're given a bit more time if you need it. All right, we're getting close to the, the end of our time, but I just wanted to ask you if you have any aspect of your photography that just kind of sums up all of what we've been talking about here. 
Yeah, um, there's one photo that I've kind of found reflects what I've been talking about in terms of taking the time to enjoy your life, enjoy your activities, and to get back to schoolwork the next day. And um, I've used this photo in the uh, photography and wellness presentation that I've done for the health, wellness, and potential course that I TA'd. It's one of did you take this photo yeah I took this photo and it's actually one that uh, a lot of people comment on at the markets and on my website it's a popular one a lot of people order it I took it down at Dallas Road there's an orange and white hippie van the grass is tall I'm lying in the grass to take this photo there's the mountains in the background because Dallas Road for those of you listening (laughs) maybe not from here is this gorgeous coastline the southern tip of Vancouver Island horizon is the Olympic Mountains of Washington so it's pretty stunning view yeah it's an awesome place Uh, one night last year going for a night of just me time I went to Dallas Road I brought my camera I took a few pictures and then I went for a run while the Sun was setting and then I came back and I took some more pictures of the sunset I spent the whole night down at Dallas Road just by myself just doing my photography and running stuff I think that photo uh, to me really captures the photography and wellness and maybe why I thrive and why that photo turned out as well as it did because I was really in my element that yes. night and so I think it's interesting when a lot of people point to that one and say oh look at that photo like yes. at the market and stuff and I'm like you have no idea how much that photo means to me people can feel something from it yeah oh, I love that that's a perfect way to end <laughs> so thank you so much Tasha for being with me today thanks for having me again thank you for listening to Beyond the Jargon on CFUV